When Eric jerked awake, he immediately knew that he had been asleep for hours. The roar of aircrafts overhead was jolting everyone out of his sleep. Incoming! Someone yelled. A mad rush for the hold blocked the exits off the deck as enemy bombers circled, eyeing their targets. Eric curled himself to the deck as a plane swooped over, strafing the ship mercilessly. Sailors rushed to their battle stations, adding to the pandemonium of soldiers trapped on the deck. As Eric jumped back to his feet, heading for the passageway, the faces of his men flashed before his eyes. He tortured himself with questions he had no answers for. Tripping, he crashed to the deck, skidding along it. With the sickening realization of what he had tripped over, he crawled back. The soldier was dead. In the darkness of the early morning, he could not make out the man's face. But he was nearly certain that it had not been one of his own men. As he hurried along, the ear-piercing crack of American guns sliced through the air as sailors fired upon the enemy bombers. There was nothing Eric could do but stay out of the way and protect himself. As much as his army pride hated to admit it, the sailors knew their jobs and had no need of soldiers at this time. The army's time would come all too soon. Reaching the near safety of the hold, Eric pressed through the crowd to his area. It was too soon to tell if his men had been trapped on deck. All he could do was wait and pray, he reminded himself. A spark of hope ignited within him. He had never before entered battle with the knowledge and assurance that he could call upon God himself to help him. Billy had known such peace. As Eric climbed to his bunk, he began wondering why then Billy had been allowed to die. A struggle rose within him as he pondered the paradox of petitioning God and being told no. Or was there a paradox? Eric shook his head, thinking how much he had yet to learn about the things of God. The bombing continued for an hour and forty-five minutes. It seemed like an eternity to the men waiting below, unable to fight back, being out of their element. But by six o'clock on the morning of August 1st, 1943, the enemy had been silenced. Reports of enemy bombers having been shot down heartened the men of the 9th Division. But still, there was much to do and little time for victory celebrations. As Eric found himself once again on deck, Top Sergeant Gerald P. Jetson stepped over to him. Lieutenant, he began, his tone particularly grim. He paused, allowing Eric to prepare himself for the news. You have some bodies to identify. Eric made no reply, but walked along with the sergeant. This was not a task he had anticipated, but there was no choice. If any men in his platoon had lost their lives, it was his duty to see to them. The dim light of dawn now made it possible to discern the havoc that had been made on deck, as well as identify fallen men. Eric paused as he stared down at the form of one of the fallen men. Morris, Eric murmured. He was Squad One's corporal. Jensen made no reply, but walked along with Eric as he moved on to the next. Finally, Eric knelt down beside a G.I. who had been placed face down. I wouldn't, Jetson muttered, as Eric reached to turn the man over. It's not a pretty sight, besides, it wouldn't help in identifying him. It was then that Eric noticed the man's haircut. It had obviously been performed in haste. Oh, Andrew, he sighed, squeezing his eyes shut for several moments. But he could not deny the truth, recognizing the haircut that he himself had given only the day before. I suggest that you have a job ahead of you. When Eric turned questioning eyes upon the man, Jetson added, you need to find yourself another squad leader before we disembark. There's nothing more you can do. Eric rose to his feet. The man was right. But all Eric could think about was that Andrew would never get his proper haircut now. I need to find Lieutenant Carnby, Jetson said, excusing himself, leaving Eric alone. Easing himself from the dead bodies, Eric began looking for his men. The crowd was thicker than usual, making it difficult to see anyone in particular. Jarvis, he called out, catching sight of the man. As he approached, he noticed Edward and Ephraim standing beside him. He waited until he was only an arm length away before he attempted to speak again. This is going to hit you harder than anyone, he said as gently as he could manage, eyeing Jarvis. The man said nothing, but his eyes narrowed as if he were bracing himself for Eric's words. 
Andrew didn't make it. I'm sorry. Jarvis stared hard at Eric, stunned. Reaching up and rubbing his forehead, Jarvis closed his eyes and drew in a deep breath. Jarvis had been part of a trio back in basic training. He and Irving and Andrew, an unlikely trio, had managed to nurture a deep friendship, and now Jarvis alone remained. Jarvis, I... Eric hesitated. When the man opened his eyes, staring back at Eric with pain-filled eyes, Eric murmured, I understand. Jarvis nodded, attempting to push the corners of his mouth upward in acknowledgement, but his attempted smile failed miserably. I know, he sighed. Thank you, Eric. Eric wondered what Billy would have said, but he had no idea. Billy had been a Christian for years, but it was so new to Eric. His couple of months of the Christian life had not yet produced much wisdom. You're not alone. Eric's word brought a crease to Jarvis's forehead. 